This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. Welcome to Samutsari, Conversations with Mimi, a weekly podcast by Dinosocial, also a member of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Samutsari is where we can show that ordinary people do extraordinary things. Tune in to be entertained and to learn something new with your host, Mimi Lorilla. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Samutsari Conversations with Mimi, a podcast featuring hot topics and other topics of interest for men and women alike. We feature guests who share their passion and commitment to their profession or talents. Here at Samutsari, we share stories to inspire you, stories from ordinary people who make extraordinary things. And for season two, I can't believe it's already at the time of the, the year where I've already released several podcasts. For season two, we're talking about online, anything that is online, whether you are a virtual assistant, a business owner, a freelancer, or other work from home professionals uh, who are doing it in this space because of a lot of different reasons. COVID-19 is a perfect example why. Um, We want you, the audience, to get an idea or a flavor of, of the lives and perspectives of the people who are in this space. And occasionally, we go back to the original theme of Sakutsari, which is the feature noteworthy achievements of, of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And sometimes when we get invites to be involved with um, public service topics, we also provide that in the show. That's the reason why I love Sakutsari, because we can talk about anything and everything um, in the show, which is the translation of Sakutsari. And today's episode is no different from um, the rest because we have a professional, um, a teacher. Um, I, I, teacher is more generic, no, but she's more mm-hmm. like a professor because she's teaching in the university level. And I have here Dr. Tina Parino with me. How are you, Tina? Hello. Welcome. Yes. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. I, matagal ko nang gustong makasama ka. And I thought that this is the perfect opportunity for us to discuss um, a different side of learning naman. I've Mm-mm. already interviewed people who are teaching or managing a school. Okay, teaching in the um, primary school or early childhood education level. And I thought, let why not do the whole spectrum? So today, I want to hear it from you. 
who's been teaching in the university tertiary level for a long time. Um, and with your expertise here, obviously we 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 go way back pa. So mm-hmm. friendship went uh, way back pa, uh, being a colleague way back pa. So I, I really want people to understand that um, your life has also changed because of teaching online <laughs> in a way. Um, but before that, I would like to get the audience to know you more. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about your career or your profession and um, what are you doing right now, Tina, as a, as a professor, as a teacher in, in the higher education level? Okay, well, uh, you know, Doc Mimi, contrary to a lot of uh, teachers I know who started teaching, say, in the high school or in the primary level, I have already started in the university level at the start of my career. I have never experienced teaching in the high school or in the primary. So right after graduating from college, I was a uh, um, Accepted, I would like to say accepted to teach in a university, De La Salle University, the one in Das Marinas. And so that was already a tertiary level experience for me. So I had uh, an exposure to the mature kind of learning early, early on. In fact, uh, I've on my first years of teaching, I've had students who were way older than I was. And then after two years, I transferred to the main branch. Uh, the one in Manila, and I have been there now for many, many years. Let's not <laughs> say anymore the number of years. I know, that's why I'm avoiding it. I'm avoiding it as well. Let's just mm-hmm. say you established yourself in the LSU Manila uh, for quite some time now, so in, in an extensive period of time. And for mm-hmm. sure, you've grown in your teaching style, you've grown in your teaching grown in your area, which is um, obviously English and Applied Linguistics, which is mm-hmm. my area of interest. Um, so I- I'm really happy that you stayed with, with De La Salle for such a long time. I, I decided to leave the academia and move mm-hmm. different things in my life. But funnily enough, you've, you've learned to, to really embrace and love teaching at the university level because that is also my history. I've never experienced teaching in high school or elementary that mm-hmm. i started my career in teaching also at the tertiary level so i know how to deal with adult or mature learners i'm not sure how to deal with you know me also learners. me also i don't know i i'm not trained to handle them <laughs> yeah so maybe the people that are listening to us are saying what's so special about the topic that tina and i will be talking about today in this program um, I'm pretty sure you will be interested because um, we don't know what's going on in the university tertiary level. There's probably mm-hmm. an expectation that they can cope better than the little kids. Um, mm-hmm. Here in Australia, we always talk about mental health, mental health, and and mm-hmm. kids that are learning from home are hugely impacted by online learning because kids at the young age are so used to socialization you know they always wanted to be with their friends that's true in school so they're trying it they're having it rough not doing that on a day-to-day basis and some parents are not suited or not equipped with the skills to teach them so Mm -hmm. they're struggling because they're not their real teachers and they're not online 
the whole seminars of the day. They only mm-hmm. check in with their teachers part of the time, and then the rest of the time they're supposed to be doing independent work. So, in your experience, Itella Sam, um, I want you to uh, articulate or describe mm-hmm. to us when the online learning started and what was the um, what was the main I, we know it's COVID-19, but when did LaSalle decide, okay, we're going to go full online and this is the way to go and what's the expectation for you as a teacher and the students? Because that's uh-huh. that would have been brand new for everybody mm-hmm. last year. So tell us the scenario. Uh, okay. Actually, Doc Mimi, I think um, we have been very privileged to be connected with such a very good university who had the foresight even before the start of COVID-19. In fact, Doc Mimi, even before the pandemic, DLSU, it, it's okay if I mention that I'm connected with DLSU, naman, but DLSU has already been preparing the faculty because uh, the foresight was for all of the faculty to start having a blended kind of learning. So it's not really going to be fully face-to-face um, after some well, they have a target date for that and so what they did was they already acquired a platform and slowly they would ask us to adopt the platform so i remember when i was still vice chair there was a term when we were all just uh, highly encouraged to um upload our syllabi so that was a start and then the term after we were then required to have all of our syllabi uploaded on canvas and then a term after we were then highly encouraged to uh, make use of the platform in checking the attendance in computing the grades and then a term after that it becomes more and more of a requirement and then suddenly COVID-19 happened so of course we it, it could not be helped that there were still a lot of professors who were a little resistant in the use of canvas but with COVID we were all just we all just jumped in and um, I remember that uh, it was March when uh, classes were suspended and we were all thinking that it would just be for a month and then it well as you know until now uh, we have not gone back to the face-to-face kind of learning so for about several months we had to move the opening of the next term for about several months it was a rigorous training for all of the teachers Every day we were trained. Every day there will be uh, some sort of a workshop. And uh, the good thing was the platform was there. It was in place. We just have to learn it. In fact, mm. before uh, the pandemic, Doc Mimi, I remember hosting some of these workshops uh, because it was really being introduced already mm. and uh, i remember we even had visitors from australia come over so that uh, they could explain to us what canvas is and all of the features that we could use with uh, regard to this platform so it wasn't very hard for those who were very much willing to make use of canvas but a little bit difficult for those who were traditional i believe that i may have been a little traditional at some point and uh, I wasn't able to fully exhaust the features of Canvas uh, when it was first uh, launched at the LSU. But now, uh, I think all of us were able to truly embrace the online platform. And I think that was also the reason why Doc Mimi, uh, our enrollment is really good. 
Yeah, that's good. So, uh, like you said, DLSU is very, very pri privileged. So, I'm also wondering, what's the situation like for the non-DLSU tertiary institutions? Do you have any idea or perspective around how they're coping with online learning and whether they have their own platforms like Canvas or are they going old style? Like they record everything on YouTube, everybody's going to watch on YouTube, and then they'll just chat or have a... Have a private Facebook group to discuss these things. I don't know, but that's my idea of the very bare, bare and um, sort of lean kind of system that could be put in place. Look, Mimi, there were still some institutions who are using a free platform at this point in conducting their online classes. And uh, that might be a problem because there are a lot of things that they will not be able to execute as opposed to when you're using canvas like you can make use of a it, it really is like a classroom that you have put inside of a computer so to speak but uh, uh there are still some schools who were at first thinking ah, okay this might be for a few months only then let's just make use of this free platform and they didn't realize that it's going to drag on this long and so um, I don't know how they have tried to adapt. I have talked to some of my friends who were connected to other universities and many of them said that uh, the administrators came up with a deadline where they are all supposed to report already thinking that it was going to end at that time, but it didn't. So um, I think it was more of a rush for these schools, institutions, because uh, right now, they have no idea if it's going to be for uh, more than a year from yeah. now. Mm. However, um, from what I've heard, DLSU has already prepared to have the fully online or the blended learning two years from now. So again, that foresight that uh, this is not going to go away. And so this is something that we have to be good at and something that we have to embrace. Mm -hmm. So I have also heard about um, asynchronous and synchronous learning a lot, but I still yeah. don't fully understand that. So maybe Me that's something also. you can also elaborate because uh -huh. there might be other parents uh, hearing that word, but still mm -hmm. don't really fully appreciate what it means. So what is asynchronous and synchronous learning in your um, context at DLSU? Okay. Um, Synchronous is when you are going to meet with your students online and so we call it face-to-face -face, except that it's virtual and asynchronous is when you will have to ask them to do a task or you will have to make them watch or listen to a recording which you have done previously. Uh, I, I guess doc, this is connected to the mental health that you were talking about earlier because they have realized how it can be a little taxing for the students if they are online for about 10 hours in a day. So they came up with the solution of coming up with an asynchronous session. So that means that they do not really have to be in front of the, con uh, in front of the computer for a specific time. They just have to listen to a recording anytime that they wish. As long as they are able to turn in the task that, um, that comes with the asynchronous session. So in that way, students are not um, taxed into going online every day. They can pace their schedule. They have time to rest. They have time to for other things. They have time for recreation because they believe that uh, it's not good also, no, physiologically, mentally, for 
for everybody, not just for tertiary students to be facing their computers for long periods of time. Mm. So that is one way of the LSU, uh, just one of the many ways in trying to address mental health. Mm-hmm. That's good. So my, my question now has something to do with the administration side of things. As you know, in our previous life, before everything went online, we spent mm-hmm. a gazillion hours checking uh, papers, uh-huh. Uh-huh. papers, grading, okay. putting them in an Excel spreadsheet, calculating the grades. And part of that is sometimes you have graded recitation. Um, in speech communication, you spend days, you know, listening to those speeches being um, delivered. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's there's peer evaluation and teacher evaluation. So in the context of the students in the English department, how are those done now? Are there no more speech classes? Um, how is everything graded if they cannot physically turn in their projects, the research paper, their essays, and things like that? Um, give us a the, picture. Look, uh, it does not change. We still check a lot of papers every day, except that now it's easy. At first, it was really difficult adapting, but now I find it really easier because I, I do not want to um, keep on mentioning Canvas because it's like advertising for Canvas, but everything that you have mentioned, Doc, everything can be done through Canvas. Like, uh, we can uh, check the papers because there is already the built-in rubric. And the good thing is that the rubric is something that they can always look at so they are aware of how they will be graded. Their grade sheets are updated real-time. So the moment that I change something uh, in the spreadsheet, they will be able to see that right away. Uh, they can. There is a feature where they can chat with the teachers. There is a feature where they can send emails to the teachers. And uh, when it comes to giving, um, uh, we had Speakom before. Now we do not have Speakom anymore this time, Doc. But uh, we have Jepcom, which is a subject which also involves giving a speech. So it can be a panel discussion or a um, an individual speech. And uh, yes, they can still do that. They can still uh, give their speeches if they want to do it live or again you can twist it a little bit if you feel that the students are a little bit exhausted you can have the speech recorded it's up to the teacher but in my case i didn't have any problem so far about asking my students to open their camera if it is their turn to give a speech and um i was Assigning a peer evaluator is also very easy now because you just have to upload the schedule for them to see and they already know that they have to be present at the time when the person that they're going to evaluate evaluate is going to be giving the speech. So all of the things, Doc, that you can think about right now, that has already been thought about by Canvas. So, (laughs) lucky, 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 lucky. Um, So, we talked about... um, the administration side of things what about the students attendance so they can always say i can't attend today miss because i don't have internet or my internet is slow um how how do you account for the truth about them attending maybe i am on mute my video is off i may be online but i'm not physically in class how do you deal with those issues Uh, how how does the school protect the integrity of the attendance? Sadly, that 
has to be compromised. You, at this point, Doc, of the pandemic, and at this point where the internet of the Philippines is still very slow, we could not require our students to open their cameras. So in short, you really have no idea whether they are there or not. What I just do is whenever I lecture, and also you cannot lecture for long periods of time, huh? so all of our classes, Doc, diba, is for one and a half hours. You're not supposed to lecture for one and a half hours because they also have another class after that. Again, you have to give them time to breathe for a little while before they can move on to their next class. And so you are only required, uh, it's a strict requirement to lecture for at most one hour. So in that one hour, when I lecture, I would randomly call on students. And I am very happy to note and tell everybody that whoever it is that I call will be able to answer. So which means they are there. It was very, very rare when the student was not able to answer because um, suddenly the internet was cut off or someone or he has she or he has to go somewhere for a short period of time for a few seconds. Sometimes they would say, Miss, I heard my classmates told me that you called me. I, I was here. I just went to the bathroom, you know, but you're not required to make them open their cameras. And it's mm -hmm. something that I have to live with and I have to understand because it's the pandemic. The attendance also is not counted anymore as long as, well, they submit the works. Except, mm -hmm. of course, for activities where they are supposed to be there, such as the group activities where they have to collaborate with their, with their classmates. And so uh, their attendance in the breakout rooms is required, things like that. But mm. for most of the time, they're not really required to be physically present mm -hmm. for... for a lot of reasons, not only the pandemic. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, how the tertiary level higher education students are coping with the changes in the setup of the educational system. Now I want to deal with the um, teacher side of things. How are you coping with this change? And what do your colleagues say about this new style of teaching? Um, has anyone's mental health also suffered as a result of this? Or do you find it more convenient now that everything is online you don't have to be physically present in the school and everything is in the comfort of your own home uh, how, how is that level of thinking happening with the teachers well at this point doc mimi i must say that it's very convenient for me and um i i'm not sure on the other hand the well, I am privileged to be in Australia where the internet is not a problem at all. However, I would always encounter, you, you know, the only time I would uh, get to know about what's happening in the life of my colleague is through Facebook. So sometimes I would see uh, posts where uh, they do not have an internet connection and it happens quite uh, often and uh, that is a source of stress for most of them and I think that is uh, one problem that has to be addressed but it is on a larger scale and something that you cannot address on your own or something that cannot be addressed by the university as much as they would like to try and that can be a source of stress uh, at the same time I think the at first, at first, last year, most specifically, the lack of interaction and the lack of socialization has somehow affected a lot of us, especially for a social butterfly like me. <laughs> 
However, now, again, we were able to come up with different ways to connect with our friends. You now have a lot of uh, different, uh, um, you have Zoom, you have um, all of the applications that we have now also adopted uh, an, uh, a video call a better video call so it's easier now to connect and something that we have to live with in the meantime uh, i guess the problem also comes with uh the fact that uh you're not dealing with traffic anymore you're not commuting anymore you're not i do not want to be tone deaf doc mimi but i must say that i was able to adapt really well to the mm-hmm. online Mm-hmm. way of learning i i know on the other hand that there are some people who are struggling mentally and of course be anxious or stressed about the situation yeah I especially if you're not techie especially if you're not techie that, that's, that's right if you're not techie yeah mm. I, doc mimi again um i would like to say that canvas is very user friendly so even if you're not techie it's something that you can learn right away i'm not sure though with some teachers who are not using canvas because canvas i believe that this is just something that i've heard i'm not sure is an expensive platform so it's all it's something that can be a for it, it can be you, you, you know something that lasal can buy yeah but i don't know if other schools can buy something which is as sophisticated as canvas and that might also be a cause of stress for some yeah. of them or uh, that's yeah. right so um i know that as part of being um, a professor in de la salle university you are also expected to deliver extension services and that extension services means you might be invited to guest speak in different uh, universities mm-hmm. uh, before we used to travel in different regions in the visaya sometimes mindanao are you yeah, don't me you remember our thailand trip i know right but now <laughs> Now, um, are you still active in that space where you provide extension services to other universities? Are you being invited as a seminar a facilitator, lecturer, things like that? How do you find interacting with other teachers or other students in universities outside of De La Salle? In fact, Doc Mimi, I am more active now in giving lectures outside of the LSU because it became easier. You do not have to think about the logistics and the transportation. You don't have to think about traveling by plane or by car. So I get a lot of invites and I get a lot of um, webinar workshops, which I, I had conducted. In fact, just this month alone, I think I was able to give about four. So... I think all and um at you know uh being in Australia means that they will not be able to send me any gift but that is fine because uh I think it was just last week when we were asked by the dean to give a list of all of the lectures that we had given the past year because it's also something that is uh given premium by the university but something that I enjoy doing however Um, right now, I'm on paid leave, Doc Mimi. No, I think you're aware that I'm on service leave, and uh, I have a lot of time in my hands. But somehow, when I get to be invited and I have a regular teaching load, it it becomes a little tedious. I must say, not really stressful because I have to prepare for that. Mm. But at the same time, um, 
are people attending those webinars getting most out of the webinar itself because the reason why people attend those events is because of the interaction again they get to see a new face mm -hmm. an expert and then they they and their colleagues can go out it's some sort of a holiday come travel for them but that kind of got lost now because everything is just done online so uh, in terms of attendance do you get a lot of people attending those events Yes, a lot of people would always be attending the events, but when it comes to if they are learning something from the lecture, I am not so sure about that. However, I think, Doc Mimi, these lectures are a breather of some sort. So even if they do not get to pick a lot of concepts that they or they do not really learn something from the lecture it's a breather from the usual routine that they do every day and i think also it is uh it will be be it will be better for them to take a breather every now and then by attending lectures and workshops every now and then so that you're not always uh, just faced with your students day in day out mm -hmm. they also get to see their colleagues yeah that's right and and i'm thinking also faculty meetings and faculty gatherings have obviously changed now limited to being on the screen you know you can yeah, we don't have free cake anymore yeah <laughs> but then the department will be um happy about that because it's less of an expense we, i remember before mm -hmm. of the budget for catering and all of these things um supplies and materials every time you organize a workshop so that must have been significantly dropped because you don't have to worry about those things anymore so i wonder how um the teachers are sent those food if it's for a meeting do you do uber eats and then you eat online together have you done something like that um Mm, I have attended uh, defenses, thesis and dissertation defenses, where uh, students would be sending a little something to the panel members, just like how we do it not during face-to-face. -face. And uh, there are also times when uh, we would have institutional activities, and uh, when you have registered, then you will be receiving a certificate for that, all of which I was not able to use because I am here in Australia. But yes, they will still be sending certificates in lieu of the usual buffet of lechon that we would have um, every time we would have this uh, institutional activities. Nakotina, mm. very, very interesting naman. So I, I think my takeaway from my interview with you today is not, uh, is that what's happened in terms of your teaching now and in terms of the learning of uh, tertiary education students, higher education students, or university students is not a gloom and doom situation. Um, and yeah, not think, so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think for DLSU, it, it really got lucky because there was that infrastructure, that IT infrastructure that has um, been, what do you call that, um, ahead of the game, you know, even before it actually became totally useful because of COVID they were already thinking about innovating mm -hmm. to prepare for the future. Um, and like I said, we, we, we can't really predict what the situation is with, with the others, but I'm assuming they're coping then in a way in terms of what platform they, they're using. And I guess that's what we need to do. We, we have to consistently find ways to adapt to the changes that are around us. We can't just be stuck on one thing. So that's one of the mm -hmm. other things that I learned from our interaction today, which is not not to resist change, but to mm -hmm. adapt to change. Um, you're physically in a different country, 
but you're still very much a part of the faculty. You're still very much teaching. Um, you're adapting to being away from them, your family overseas, um, your friends in, in the Philippines. But then you make more um, connections where you are now. You're expanding your reach, mm -hmm. you're expanding your networks, and you continue to do um, your job and you continue to be a resource person, which is again being of service to other people. So I guess, Tina, in a way, um, life has been good despite um, the pandemic because you you have not been um, you know limited to what you can do, but. You've been offered an opportunity to still do your job um, mm -hmm. in the best way that you can. So if there's anybody out there who is a teacher or who is somebody who was previously involved in the academe that stopped, that wanted to go back, uh, mm -hmm. or, or somebody just thinking of what life would be like in the academe, is there any final message or advice that you can give them? Um, especially to those who are in, in this current situation? Advice. Uh, I suppose it's, uh, well, they just have to be prepared and uh, to go through a lot of trainings. I do not want to say they have to be mentally strong because uh, all of us are coping and all of us have our weaknesses that we have to address while we are in the pandemic. But you, they just have to expect that there will be a lot of trainings and uh, it's something that they will be learning along the way. It's not something that they will be, uh, they are supposed to learn in one shot because we were not able to do that even if we had uh, months of training upon the opening of the classes and everything was fully online, we, we still had to grapple our way around the, the platform. So it's something that you have to, uh, it's something that you have to give yourself, that it's, you're not supposed to learn it all in one shot. Uh, mm -hmm. You just have to get into the system if you really want to teach. It's one of the most fulfilling jobs. I still believe in that, that you can have at this point. And it also gives you an opportunity to connect. You know, Doc Mimi, uh, I think, most of the people who are having anxieties right now are those who had very little chance to socialize with other people. This is a way to, to connect with other people, even if at times it, it seems to be dragging, but it's still a way for you to talk to other people mm. outside of your home. That's right. The important thing is we remain connected. Uh, mm. We don't isolate ourselves too much. Yeah. Uh, because that's what gets to your mental health, you know, the feeling of being alone, isolated, right. not being able to connect. So uh, I agree with everything that you've said, and I really, really wish to um, thank you for your inputs today. I wish we could go on and on. Maybe we'll do a part two. But for now, <laughs> I have to end the show first. So thank you for being here today. And I obviously value all your inputs and contributions. So definitely there will be a part two. Maybe we'll talk about another topic. Um, mm -hmm. That's of interest to um, people who are teaching in the tertiary level. So thank you again, Tina, and uh, for the audience today. If you have any stories or topics that you wish to feature in the show, please reach out to me. My show notes and details are in the description box below. Samuksari is a member of the Garuda Podcast Syndicate. You can also reach out to me through my Facebook page in my YouTube channel. Please don't forget to like, subscribe to both of them. And if you want to check out the other shows of the Gorilla Podcast Syndicate, please, uh, you are more than welcome to do that. So thank you, Tina. Um, thank hope you, Doc. We'll have another conversation soon. 
stay safe and enjoy your online teaching. Bye. Okay. Bye, Doc. Bye. Thank you. If you find value in this episode, make sure you like and subscribe to be notified of new releases. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to Gorilla Podcast or send us an email at mimi at dinosocial.com. Spread the word and don't forget to tune in next time. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com